Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. Welcome back to your home for football and fantasy football where we learn, scout, win, and repeat. Time to continue the process. It's your boy Ralph Lark. Welcome to week nine, everybody. Excited to have you. I'm excited to talk football. I feel like I like do all this content and research and pin it up for a whole week and then I get to explode it again on the podcast. So I'm just stoked to be talking about week nine because I got it all up here and I'm ready to give it to y'all. Hopefully everybody had a great week. If not, let's turn it around right now with the fantasy football. If you did have a great week, let's keep it going with the fantasy football. If you are a first time listener, thank you. Welcome to the madness. You'll hear me say Tiger Bombers. That's all of us collectively. Welcome. If you're a repeat offender, we won't hold it against you. But seriously excited to talk about this slate because we're getting towards our playoff times. They come just a little before the actual NFL playoffs. So it's weird to think that we're already in week nine. Half the season's gone. 50% of it is in the books already. And for our purposes, we're marching towards those playoffs. So it's do or die right now for a lot of us. And uh, hence my, um, I guess, excitement level to get into this stuff because I know we all need it. I know it's important. Um, But speaking of important stuff, before we even get to any of that stuff, you know, let's talk about where you can find the process for everybody that's new because we are getting a lot of new people that are coming in on a weekly basis, which is great. Tell your friends and stuff like that. You guys know what it is. Y'all know what this is. This is, in my estimation, some of the best free content you're going to get. You're going to find out there. This is not your homies on the big networks. Just telling you, you know, this the sleeper pick, you know, is Cooper Cup. No, we're going deep over here. We get into the bottom of the scenario. We have been forging victory campaigns since the preseason. And it's all free not one dime and you have access to all of my podcasts all of my information here at the process which you can then you know add to what you do that's the whole thing it's transparency we lay it out there so you can add this to your knowledge bank and become a better player it's not about grabbing your dollars at some point you are not going to need the process. I know that's true because I'm giving you like not only my plays, but the thought process. And so eventually you'll realize what my thought process is. And then so what I'm giving you is the ability to ping pong with me every single day on your decisions for your fantasy football team. So definitely want to make sure you new you new folks are involved in this. You can find us and you can get in on the action. I mean, I feel like the information is up to snuff. You could judge it for yourself today. But we have a website, www.tigerbombsae.com. Guys, that's where you can find each and everything that Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment does. So there's going to be other podcasts too, baseball related stuff. And I swear to you, I've been saying this for a while, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling y'all, look for it. It's coming soon. As we get into the new year, there's going to be other non-football related stuff too. Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment is is ironically not just about sports. It's about a culture and an environment. And so there's going to be other stuff too. But TigerBombSAE.com, you can click on the process page to get this podcast. 
and you can get everything else. You can see, you know, my picks for the week along with the spread and everything like that, the over under. And I got to say, we, we made a good surge last week. I went 13 and two in my picks and I really moved up the leaderboard there. So in the 60th percentile for correctness in terms of the, you know, picking them on the weekly basis, because the thing is to get to 70%, right? We want to have 70% of these picks correct. So well on our way after last week, and we're going to keep it going. Actually, I have those picks up already right now. You can go look at that. You can also see the DFS content too. So we're going to talk about it at the end of this podcast, but it's up there already. I've encouraged you guys plenty of times to look at it as you listen to it so that it makes ultimate sense to you. Because if you're like me, like like totally not accusing you, it's me, right? I'm telling you off of my past experience. If you're like me, you may get distracted or you may forget or you may see something else that looks attractive because in DraftKings, you know, they have the good matchups in the green and the red is the bad matchup. So. What I'm saying is it's always helpful if you listen to this while you look at that stuff, while you make your selections, right? So if you want to do that, it's available. But that's the stuff you can get on the process page. Now, if you are more of a listen to this on the go or commute thing, this is good for your commute. This is good at work if you work a desk, right? Doing chores around the house, you want to throw me on right before bed. That's all really good times to listen to the process. And you guys can do that. Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you list, Stitcher, anywhere. Just search by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. You'll be able to pick us up. If you want to do the social media thing, we'll meet you there too. Twitter is so mean, but I'm, I'm hanging in there for you guys so we can talk fancy football if you want to. Um, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Facebook, we try to get to some news for you, some funny memes, stuff like that. But it's all about those interactions on both of those sites at the process TBSAE. That's how you can get down with us at the process TBSAE. Okay, and then uh, you can email me too, the process at tigerbombsae.com. You got some extended question or there's some segment you think you might um, feel like would be cool here. Let's talk about it. So, those are the ways you can reach us, guys. And that let's move because we have so much to cover. So, let's move right into. A little segment we like to call housekeeping. Housekeeping, me fluff pillow, me fix your team. All right, y'all, let's get into the housekeeping because we got quite a few things to cover. And again, pay close attention so we can all be moving in the same direction. Cannot stress how important these next couple of weeks are. We can't be hemorrhaging losses. In fact, there can be no more. Maybe you got one more you can afford, but that's it. So right now we got to turn it on. We had to maximize everything we have on our team. We have to consider things like that there's one more week left before the trade deadline. All this stuff we got to take into consideration to put ourselves in position to win. To win, you got to be in the playoffs. 
So we're gonna take this thing incrementally. I like to think that there are people out there who may have picked up the process, this podcast at some point during the season and things weren't going great and we start to turn it around a little bit because those are the stories I wanna hear when we when we ride it to the top, right? So let's all keep doing that. That's what this whole segment is about. So with that, the first thing I wanna talk about is important to me on that basis. This is a conundrum for me this week. It's Lamar Jackson versus Matt Stafford. We know Stafford is playing Oakland. I mean, they're in Oakland. Plus your matchup. He's been hot, doing good. We'll talk about all that. But Lamar Jackson, he's got a tougher matchup against New England. Um, you know, not a great situation. And so the reason why I want to talk about it is because I will recommend Stafford, but I will not recommend Jackson in the DFS world this week. We're going to talk about that later. But for me, season long, I'm going with my starter. See, I have both of these guys on the same team. In first place, rocking and rolling. Been rolling out. Lamar Jackson only picked up Stafford last week because of Lamar's buy. Hadn't had a backup quarterback all year. Because again, that's not something you should do either. So I picked this guy up, which goes towards my whole... Th- First of all, let's digress there for a second. Because that's important for people who think you have to have a second quarterback. No, you don't. Matt Stafford has been a QB 10 in fantasy this year. I ha- I picked him up the week that I needed him. The week that I needed him. I did not hold him for one week sooner than I played him. And I could abandon him if I wanted to right now, except for dude is QB 10 on the year. Had no um, illusions that he would be out there, but he was out there. So that is just something that I have to say for the people that think you have to have two QBs up until you're by. You're going to get played by somebody like me because whoever dropped him obviously had their buy already. So they didn't need him anymore. That's how we take advantage of that. That's one more roster spot for me than you have because you're holding on to a second QB. You're holding on to a second defense. Don't do it. If you can't play that defense every week, it doesn't matter. There's no If it's not New England, what are we doing? You know, maybe there's a couple others to slide in there, but you guys know my point. So, you know, something to consider right there. But for me, the conundrum is having both of them and really wanting to start Stafford. But in this league, I'm 100 points above second place. I'm in first place. I'm 7-1. and one. Everything's been going great. Averaging a lot of points. Why mess with the brew? So the reason why we're talking about it is so I can let you all know. Even if it was DFS, I'm playing at Stafford. I would not play Jackson. Maybe in a GPP setting, but probably not. Um, but for my team, there has to be a depth. There has to be a depth chart. It has to be a starter. Because you're going to get yourself into this guessing game. And we've talked about this before. You cannot be in the weekly guessing game of who will I play, who will I won't. Because you think that you're going to put forth the most optimal lineup each week, and you will not. You actually have a better chance of playing a more optimal lineup when you settle on you know, positional starters and you move forward like that. So with that in mind, I'm going to go against you know, what many of you think might be crazy in playing in playing 
Jackson over Stafford. But in all fairness to me, the matchup isn't that tough. The dude that I'm playing, I should be able to beat pretty handily, hopefully. Um, but it's beside that point of I don't want to get into the point of every week having to say, who am I going to play of these people on my bench? Those are my backups. That's what it is, period. Now, the next thing we need to talk about is more BS with the trades. This isn't even in my league now. This is like someone else who listens to the podcast had some trades rejected, a trade rejected this week. And I'm sorry, I I didn't have time to get the specifics of the players involved. But um, guys, just be aware. There are people out there that have this as a strategy. They like or they're waiting for the composition of their team, right? Maybe they have injured players or players that have been on suspension. And their whole thing is, if all stays constant, I will be the best team or I will be one of the better teams. And so in their mind, they have an invested interest in blocking all the other moves that they think make you guys significantly better than they are or that they haven't calculated for. This is an actual strategy for some people that play fantasy football. First of all, if you do that and you listen to this, stop, because this is not for you. But for everybody else, don't worry about it. Like we're like everything that we're doing is going to supersede stuff like that. Um, there's nothing worse than, you know, having sabotage trades and things like that, but what are you gonna do? We all have experienced it. I've experienced it. There's nothing we can do. We just have to keep moving forward. We have to keep trying to educate the other members of our league so that they understand good versus bad trades and stuff like that. Because some of it is um, innocent, right? Like some of it is just like they just don't know. But a lot of it is strategy. So what I would say to you is if you're dealing with that, don't worry about it. That's why you have the process. Everything we're doing is designed to get around strategies like those. And you know that I think trading is my preferred strategy, but if because of that, you can't go that route, we have talked about um, savvy ways of approaching the free agent market. You know, not just doing the same thing as everybody else. So the next thing we need to talk about is um, bench spots for the playoffs, because we're getting to the playoffs. You have to make sure that your team is secure. I traded AJ Green for um, Jalen Samuel because I have Connor. So, yes, that's a good trade for me. The other guy's looking for receiver help. Great. It's a good trade for both of us. Green is coming back. He wants to resign with, you know, Cincinnati. So, you know, hopefully he plays and he gets that upside, right, that he sorely needs. And I just get my backup. It's a guy that wasn't going to get him points anyway. Except for this week is actually ironic because he will get the points. Um, But I was able to secure that and secure him as a starter for this week because I understood the importance of having my bell cow running backs and then their backups. That's the basis of winning fantasy football. Those are primary positions that are hard to come back. So having bell cow running backs and then having the person that backs them up so that nobody can steal your thunder if there's an injury, that's the key to victory right there. So I secured that this week in in, um, one of my leagues by making sure that I have, I mean, I don't care who's on the bye and who's injured at this point. Brown, um, 
for, from the Rams because I have Gurley as well. Um, and then I also have uh, Henderson and because of Connor. Then I have Snell and I have Jalen Samuel now. So the rest of my spaces, you know, I can try to use to, you know, fill up or get better or whatever. But I've taken care of my backfield. That's most important. So I would advise you guys to think about using your bench the same way unless you have viable starters on your bench too now in this other league that i was just talking about where i'm seven and one i got players on my bench like uh, matt Breida because of tevin coleman but then i also have um singletary and devin singletary up from buffalo the running back and i also have uh, jordan howard so i'm looking at those three running backs as you know pretty nice promise even though I've got the position well taken care of and they don't start each and every week. So I'm not looking to get rid of that or move off of that. And if something happens to my other guys, I'm okay with the guys that I would plug in. So I feel good about that situation. Um, <clears throat> so just be wary of how you use the bench for the playoff spots, but you got to make good use of it. These spots matter and they're important. That's how we're going to get a leg up on everybody. And then the this other point I want to make is if you have the IDP league where we have the individual defensive player, look, we need to pay attention to the kicker, the IDP, and the defense. These are positions that people don't pay attention to. So if we can afford ourselves the opportunity to really um, invest right there on a week-to-week -week basis, even if you're streaming, like I'm streaming a lot of that, because the, the formula is we want to get 30 points from there. If nobody's looking, like what I mean by they're not looking is for IDP players, they just pick, they'll draft like JJ Watt in the beginning of the year and then never change it. If he gets the IR, maybe they change it. But what I'm saying is let's be savvy about it. Go in there and see who has accumulated the most tackles. I guarantee you a top five tackler is on your waiver wire. Tackles are points, right? So things like that, because we want to get 10 points from each of those slots. So 10 from your IDP, 10 from your kicker, 10 from your defense. That's what we want to do. Stream the matchups because I'm trying to help you guys have the best advantage in each and every matchup. So if you get 10 from each of those, you're giving yourself a good run at 30 points. That's how we stay away from the one point contest. That's how we stay away from the one point losses, you know, the crying losses. That's how we turn those into blowout victories, not just wins, but blowout victories. We're maximizing our usage in every single spot is the point. So that becomes paramount right now because we're on the road to the playoffs. That's I can't stress that enough. All right. Now, the other thing is in terms of, you know, getting the most from our, our lineups is I'm just reminding you guys to play the matchups right you gotta play the matchups um so if you can't get invested in you know your quarterback's wide receiver look for your opponents if you can't get your opponent's wide receiver then look for your um opponent's fantasy quarterbacks uh opponent receiver right like you got to keep going down the rabbit hole and keep playing the matchups you can't afford to have you know one of your receiver spots or one of your running back spots or whatever just with like some some BS fill in because they were on your roster. Like, no, you have to have a reason. This is how we get to the playoffs. You have to have a reason for playing everybody so that you feel good about every spot for if it's a different reason. Oh, well, but you can feel good about every spot going into your matchups on Sunday. 
So remember that. And then the final point for housekeeping this week is again a familiar one. But just when you're sorting through the waiver wire. Look, when you're looking for receivers, don't be sorting by uh, receptions or yards. Sort by targets. Right? You got to search by targets. That is an indicator of the future. Receiving yardage is deceptive. It can tell the story, but it can also not tell the whole story. If it's 100 yards on three catches, okay, that's hard to reproduce every week. But if it's 100 yards on seven catches, that's sustainable. So, you know, or seven targets, that matters. So if you're on the waiver wire looking for a receiver, remember, sort that bad boy and look for um, targets versus just uh, receiving yards. Now, if it's uh, for a running back, remember, don't just look at rushing yards accumulated. Look for rushing attempts. That's how you're going to find your next RB on the waiver wire. Look at his rushing attempts. That signifies volume. That's what we're looking for volume volume uh, is what you get when you have points so you know this is how we predict the future i know it's a hard concept to understand but looking at the past is not the way to win fantasy football we have to look to the future and these are indicators of the future and then for quarterbacks it's um passing attempts versus the passing yards okay so just some really important things in terms of how you sort on your waiver wire and that is our housekeeping tips for week nine of nfl action now go ahead and clean the house up fellas let's play a round of would you rather time for our week nine round of would you rather so let's let's get through we got some good matchups this week melvin gordon or royce freeman this is a close one i'll go with melvin gordon i think he has a chance to get going this week but these guys are both in good spots melvin gordon or mark ingram um i'll go with mark ingram this week also in a good spot mike williams or kenny stills uh you know, I'm going to go with, um, <clears throat> I'll go with Mike Williams. I think both these guys are probably not in the best spots this week, though. Uh, Mike Williams or Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey in the revenge game against the Bears. I like it. I'll go with Alshon. Mike Williams or Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, good GPP play this week um, against the Dolphins. Could see something good over the top. Austin Eckler or Jordan Howard. Um, Jordan Howard in the revenge game against the Bears. But Austin Eckler in a better spot. I'll go with Eckler. Look, those are actual revenge games, guys. I'm from Chicago. I'm living out in L.A. now, but I'm from Chicago. Um, these are people who left Chicago not because they wanted to, because Chicago didn't want to pay them. The rest of the locker room wanted them to be paid. They didn't like it. It was a little tumultuous. So this is this is not like a it wasn't like an amicable I mean, I'm not saying they got super nasty, but if the scenario is having a chip on your shoulder to prove to the team that they should have paid you, then yeah, these guys fit the bill. So both of them are um, in play there. Devin Singletary or LaShawn McCoy. Devin Singletary. McCoy with the fumbles, case of the fumbles. So he's on the on the um, decline, but Singletary's on the rise. He had a touchdown last week, and 
He's coming on now that he's healthy. Devin Singletary or Frank Gore. We know what Gore is. We know what um, his ceiling is. We know what his limit is. Um, and it's got to be Singletary again this week. Uh, Corlin Sutton or Mike Williams. Uh, got to go with Mike Williams just because Sutton, we don't know if new kids going to be able to get him the ball. So, yeah, let's go with Mike Williams. Corlin Sutton or Kenny Stills. Let's go with Kenny Stills for the same reason. Um, Leonard Fournette or Derrick Henry. Um, you know, this is a good one here. I'll go with Derrick Henry. Michael Gallup or DJ, or I'm sorry, DK Metcalf. Let me get Metcalf. Leonard Fournette or Le'Veon Bell. Let me get Le'Veon Bell this week. I think Justice lean on him. Jordan Howard or Hunter Henry this week. Um, this is a good one. Hunter Henry's in a good spot, but I will take Jordan Howard. Uh, Josh Jacobs or Chris Carson. Uh, let me get Josh Jacobs. Zach Ertz or Mark Walton. Um, I will go with... Let me get Zach Ertz. Stefan Diggs or DJ Chark. Um, I will go with... Uh, I'll take Chark, I guess. Mark Walton or LaShawn McCoy. Tough one, but I'll go with Walton. Stefan Diggs or Allen Robinson. Let me get Allen Robinson this week. He's in a good spot. He's just been producing no matter what. Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen. I like Thielen. Sneaky. We'll talk about that later. So, him. Um, Chris Carson or Marlon Mack this week. I'll have to go with Marlon Mack. Chris Carson's going up against Tampa Bay. So, let's go with the Mack. DJ Chark or Allen Robinson. Definitely Allen Robinson. He's in a good spot this week. And he's been producing despite having Mitch Trubisky at the helm. So Tyreek Hill or Julian Edelman. Uh, I'll go with Edelman. And then Mark Andrews or DJ Moore. Let me get DJ Moore this week. Odell Beckham Jr. or Juju Smith-Schuster. I'll take uh, ooh, not, both not a great spot, but I'll take OBJ, I guess. OBJ Jr. or Darren Waller. I'll take Darren Waller, definitely. Uh, and then Sonny Michelle or Melvin Gordon this week. Um, I will go with Melvin Gordon. Sonny Michelle or Philip Lindsay. I'll go with Philip Lindsay. Travis Kelsey or Hunter Henry. I will take Hunter Henry this week. Tevin Coleman or Marlon Mack. Oh, Coleman already went, so I can't say. I mean, I would. I think I might have said Coleman before Mack anyway. So, anyways, and then the final one is Robbie Anderson or Zach Ertz. Um, Tough, but I'll take Ertz. All right, that's my would you rather for the week. So you guys now know who I would rather play over who in other certain scenarios. I try to stay away from those big names because this segment is really about the um, you know the slot and those flex plays and stuff like that. And um, when you're trying to fit something in because of injuries and stuff. So we had to do we had to make it more relatable, right? So now you know who I would rather, and hopefully you have a better idea of who you would rather for week nine. And now it's time for the process to reload. So first up, we got the Jets and the Dolphins. And we all know what Miami is. We know what they're bringing to the table. It's going to be some Fitzmagic. Walton's getting the running back um, touches now that Kenyon Drake is out of town. Of course, your usual suspects, Parker and company, Preston Williams at wide receiver. But 
Nobody's ever doing enough to get recommended. Gaseki a tight end. Defense. They don't play horribly all game. If you looked at last game, they were in it for a lot of the game. I mean, they and they obviously were up at first, right? So it's not that they've given up. It's a bad team. There's not a lot to recommend. They're not going to have Xavier Howard for the remainder of the year, which is fine. It's another one of those dudes that I think is maybe playing it up a little bit because he doesn't want to be out there in the middle of this crap. The last dude with talent they have. Um, not traded. He's still there. So I feel like he's like done with this, right? Like until next year. So um, I'm happy to have him not play because we need somebody out there that wants to be out there at least. So because the rest of these guys want to be out there. So um, they're just so bad, though. Like 18.1% of the um, passes that they've seen have been 20 plus yards downfield for this defense. That's the most in the league. Seven touchdowns against them, second most. 118.5 passer rating, fourth most in that scenario. So it's not very good. This is why people are high on Sam Darnold this week and high on Robbie Anderson this week. And I get it. Anderson is, um, he's, he's the Jets' premier deep threat. 28% of his targets occurring 20 plus yards downfield. So that goes right in line with those statistics I just read off about how bad Miami is in that 20 plus yard uh, range right there. So this is where a lot of this uh, liking of him is coming, but Miami's also bad in the run too. They're terrible in the run. So it's kind of like Sam Darnold hasn't been great lately. This is why I'm thinking it's just easier to rely on Bell, right? It's just much easier to do that. And I think that's what they'll do. Um, the Jets for their end, for their defense, they've defended the tight ends well. They've only allowed um, the fifth fewest fantasy points per game to the position. So, again, when you think about, you know, who's going to try to get points from Miami, I can't see, you know, Walden getting going. I can't see the tight end. I can't see, you know, the wide receivers, really. So, it's going to be a tough day for them. I recommend the Jets defense. But even though it's in Miami and even though it's a grudge game, I think it'll be just like last game. Miami keeps it competitive for as long as they can, but eventually succumb reload all right next one is the bears at the eagles and bears are free falling right now man they need to find some something to hold on to and i think it is about time i think it is like they will they will have figured something out is what i uh, have faith in the eagles are a terrible secondary Allen robinson is 12th in actual fantasy points per game at 16.7 so he's really putting them up and I think that um, it's important to notify that because he's been producing regardless of the bad play at quarterback. So that that's good. So that means if you're an owner of him, you can start him confidently. We can invest in him in DFS this week because it is a good matchup. Um, but we know that his quarterback is probably going to have some turnovers, throw some picks, stuff like that. And we'll just have to live with all of that on top of the matchup. Um the Bears probably not going to find much room with Montgomery to run the ball this week. The Eagles are pretty good against the run, so that's probably not happening. They haven't had a lot of success getting it to Burton. More of a um, reflection of Trubisky than Burton, I feel, personally. But I don't think this is his week either. The Bears' defense are going to try to hang in there, um, only allowing 13.5 points per game to opposing quarterbacks. So they're going to make uh, Wentz's day tough. He hasn't been playing the best lately anyway and it's not really just him but his guys dropping passes and things like that they just haven't really helped them out very much so um things are going to be tough for them 
Um, for the defense, uh, averaging 24.4 points allowed to QBs in their last four games that weren't against like Luke Falk. So that's why some people are thinking Trubisky can get the job done this this week. I mean, it's still Trubisky, though, so he could still have some crazy turnovers and whatnot. But the Eagles have allowed the second most PPR points per game to opposing receivers. So Allen Robinson, um, you know, it's one of those weird, weird scenarios where it's like, like we can recommend the re- the wide receiver, but not quite the quarterback. So, in this one on the road, the Eagles are going to win it. Um, the Bears can't go on the road in the state they are right now. They don't have enough discipline to get a road win against a team like the Eagles. So, Eagles find a way to win this one. Reload. All right, next one is the Texans at the Jaguars. Hold on a second, guys. Okay, good. All right, Texans at the Jaguars. This is a London game. All right, so you know, I the thing, the thing about Deshaun Watson is, you know, they've been talking a lot about him lately this week with um, against the Raiders last week, where he gets kicked in the eye with a cleat, right? So he's got like a cleat to the eyeball, and he like you know somehow like picks himself up in the middle of the play and like rolls out and like you know throws a touchdown so it's like this dude is just like willing it right he's just unstoppable right now um he's showing up each and every week and so um the jaguars they they always look at this as their home away from home they play really well in london um they're excited for this one but the texans are coming in feeling you know a little swagger as rightfully so um, I wouldn't be too invested in the Texan running game uh, with either of those backs, Carlos Hyde or Duke Johnson. You can avoid that. Um, and as far as, you know, uh, DeAndre Carter uh, may be taking over in the slot for Fuller. Stills had a few targets and Kuti was benched for Carter. So that was some interesting stuff. So we got to watch DeAndre Carter now. He may be asserting himself. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him this week. Um Darren Fells hanging around. I mean, just hanging around. Never in like a plush matchup, but seems to like not be in like terrible matchups each week. So he's hanging around. Um, as far as the defense goes for the Texans, they've allowed 50 plus points to opposing receivers three times this year and 40 plus in two more games and route to averaging a league worst 43.1 points per game to the position. So. The Jaguars receivers are in play. We're going to try to figure out who of those we like. Um, have uh, they, the, I'm sorry, the uh, Texans defense, they've seen a league-high 306 pass attempts, too, while opponents run the football on just 32% of the um, run plays, so th- or 32% of the plays, so that's 30th in the league. So we know that against the Texans, people are looking to run. Or, I'm sorry, pass. Now, I'll soften a little bit, I think, with J.J. Watt out now, but but you can look at the numbers and understand that passing is the preferred way against that team. Um, league high 40 missed tackles on receptions for a total of 72 missed tackles on all touches. Uh, that's second most. So the Texans defense is going to try to bend but don't break, but the Jaguars definitely have some opportunities to exploit them. Minshew has got to look for his receivers in this one. Um, as far as like uh, Leonard Fournette goes, only Ezekiel Elliott has seen more red zone carries than his 34. Fournette is 34 through the first eight weeks of the season. So I got to recommend somebody that's like getting those touches and getting into the box and 
Um, he will get the touchdown. He will get the touchdowns. They're going to come with all of that production. There will be positive regression shortly to come. So we want to be a part of that. The receivers, as we just mentioned, are in play. Chark, Westbrook, if he goes, you know, um, these guys can all be a factor this week, basically. So um, tight end faded for the Jaguars. Defense probably fade that too. But um, this is a game the Texans, I think, can win. Reload. All right, uh, next game is the Redskins at the Bills. And just a typical Bills game this year. This team has been looking great by playing less than stellar teams. And this is just another example of, you know, a B team that that they're going to hopefully grab another win against at home. Um, For the Redskins, they're going to start Haskins. So I think it's going to be a struggle, especially with this Bills D. So I'm very concerned. Adrian Peterson, though, bright spot, more than 80 yards from scrimmage each week in the last like three weeks. So they're doing something. They're trying to, you know, maintain. And this is all since the firing of Gruden. So different philosophy, breeding a little bit more positive results. Um, We'll have to see if they can keep that going. Um, But as far as the defense goes, Monte Nicholson, he got injured in week seven. um, And they held him out of week eight. He's probably he's looking like he's not going to be here either. And. That's an issue for them because he's quietly been better corner. Um, he's been better than Josh Norman. So, um, But this defense is surrendering 27.6 points per game to running backs. Right? So it's got to be like a Singletary, Gore type of a you know f- format day. And I'm really thinking more Singletary. Today's the day. This is the time to get them going. Um, so. On the bill side of things, Josh Allen averages three second, 3.07 seconds in the pocket per play. Highest among all quarterbacks. Um, so that's going to be um, an important factor this week when he gets a, um, like a Washington defense that can own, like their pressure rate is 30%. That's fourth lowest. So he's going to have all the time in the world to do what he wants back there. Um, Singletary jumped well over Frank Gore in offensive snaps in week eight, 40 to 17. So this is why we're saying this is the week for him. Like this is, we want some of that thunder, right? Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. Singletary. And then, um, you know, tight end for the Bills. Not too concerned with Knox. The defense is definitely in play. That's like cash game for DFS though, for sure. But the Bills should win this one. Reload. All right, next game is the Vikings at the Chiefs. And, um, you know, the funny thing about it is everybody's like, well, we know the way to, you know, stop Mahomes and company is to run and time possession. And so Dalvin Cook, we know they want to run. And, you know, those outside runs, they look killer against the Kansas City defense, I bet. But here's the thing. Mahomes ain't playing. So I don't think that that they stick to the same game script. I think Cook is going to be too expensive in DFS, and I've been looking for a reason to fade him. That's going to be it for me right there. It's just that I don't buy into um, the game script now that Mahomes is not there, that they will just run, 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 run. Because Kansas City, bad on the run, still bad on the run. We get it. But um, it's a different thing with a different quarterback now. So, um, you know, I'm looking at this with fresh eyes, if you will. Um, I think a sneaky GPP DFS play this week, low owned, is going to be Kirk Cousins and his wide receivers because um, I do think that they are in play. I feel more of a balance. I'm not going to say it's going to be pass heavy, but 
but I feel like there's going to be more balance than people think are run heavy. So that's what I'm intrigued about. Probably fading Kyle uh, Rudolph, though, and the defense as well. On the Chiefs side of things, not really ready to get with Matt Moore. Um, don't think we need to do that. But um, the running back play should be better. We know McCoy's going to take a back seat to Damian Williams, but just still a little too muggy for us. Um, the receivers... Uh, kind of in play, but I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not just going to go with Tyree Kill. Price, he may be a little too expensive in DFS, but seasonal, obviously, um, you can go ahead and do that. But nothing's really wowing me. I mean, they have so many guys. I just feel like it's going to be more of a diversification, right? Sammy Watkins now. I mean, they have everything. So we'll see. Kelsey as well. So I think they spread it around, but... Um, the thing about it is there will be limitations on how quickly they can play the Vikings. I think that's why I think the path to victory for them, I think they can go into Kansas city and win this game. If they force the issue, force the points, because that's going to force Matt Moore to not play conservative. And he's going to have to get outside of his shell so that they can score. So that's why I think that the sneaky, uh, GPP pick of the week this week has to be, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, and it has to be the, the stack with uh, Thielen and Diggs, and that would be going against the Dalvin Cook narrative. So that's where I'm headed this week, and I think that's why they win. So, you know, that's that's my big bowl call for the week, but I'll take the Vikings on the road. Reload. All right, next one is the Colts at the Chief, at the Steelers. It's going to be a tough one right here. Steelers at home with that defense. Um for the Colts, Jacoby Perseus struggled uh, under pressure. That is 70.2 passer rating compared to 113.4 when working from a clean pocket. So he's going to be under pressure on the road. Probably not the best uh, scenario for him, I would say. Um, <clears throat> as far as Marlon Mack, I think they would be you know hard pressed to to not run enough. So. You know, keep him involved, but I don't imagine a great day for him. Okay, as far as wide receivers goes, T.Y. Hilton is out, and so I'm thinking that they're going to have to rely on these tight ends. It's going to be Doyle and Ebron. I think they're both in play, um, and then the defense um, also in play. I mean, you know, it's Mason Rudolph. So unless they sell out the stuff to run, nothing's going to happen, in my opinion. So on the Steelers side of things. Um, you know, since 2013, Pittsburgh's non-Le'Veon Bell running back one, um, you know, has been like Connor Samuels, D'Angelo Williams, Felix Jones, Fitzgerald Toussaint, Isaac Redmond, all these dudes, um, Jonathan Dwyer, all these dudes average together collectively 18.2 fantasy points per game. That's just 3.9 fantasy points per game off of Bell's average in Pittsburgh. So they like this system. They like to run the bell cow running back. That's why we know Jalen Samuels is going to get the work this week. I like Deontay Johnson at receiver, y'all. He's coming on. They obviously have a good draft pick here. They continue to pick good receivers. Looked like a freaking gazelle out there last week running. But double-digit performances in three of his last five games. So we're on the helm. He's a thing. Um, Johnson's target numbers over the last four games. Rudolph has started six, six, seven, and seven. So when Rudolph's in, he really likes looking at him. So interesting for GPP purposes this week. At tight end, Vance McDonald opposing tight ends, averaging the six most fantasy points per game against the Colts. So 
he is worth a look as well. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick was going to be in the slot against T.Y. Hilton. So now he's freed up to uh, come help with the tight ends. So it's going to be a tough assignment for the Colts. Um, since week four, all passes against the Steelers have generated a pathetic 69.4 passer rating. That's third lowest in the league. And trailing only the 49ers and Patriots, Pittsburgh ranks sixth worst in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to opposing tight ends. So, yeah, probably not going to be the best. Uh, you know, I mean, like they're tough against the tight ends, but that's where the work's got to go, right? Um, but I think ultimately this is going to be a really brutal game that the Steelers do have the chance to win. Reload. Okay, so Titans and Panthers. Um, for the Titans, you know, when Tannehill's in the pocket for two and a half seconds or more and is uh, forced to his second or third read, his passer rating falls off to 78.4. I think that this week, bad Tannehill comes out. Because if he was as good as he's been all the time, he would have still been in Miami. So this week, I think we get a glimpse of something that I'm familiar with as a Dolphins fan. And we see some of his more goofier turnovers, in my opinion. Um, as far as running back for the Titans... Um, you know, uh, the Panthers have allowed the most rushing touchdowns to running backs. That's 10. Henry is coming off of a bad matchup for him against the Bucks, but he was still effective with 75 yards and a 4.7 yards per carry, despite having a 42-yard run call back. So um, he was able to find some work all the same. Um, and so they're hoping the same thing this week against the st uh, uh, Stout Tennessee defense. Henry's floor is high. He rushed for at least 75 yards in six of the eight games and at least 9.3 PPR points in every week but one. So something to be interesting in there. Um, as far as wide receivers go, Corey Davis. Uh, it's possible he draws Bradbury in shadow coverage. So probably not looking for him. That's why I think Henry's on the rise. Uh, for tight ends, Jonu Smith um turned 10 targets so far into nine receptions 142 yards and a touchdown over the last two weeks so he's going to look to keep things going hot um on the other side of things uh, kyle allen's so limited we know we're ready for cam to come back we can see it it needs to happen um it's going to be a tough day for him against this titans defense they're a bunch of uh pros if you will um McCaffrey in play every week, always it seems. So this this time not a uh, exception to the rule, um, but I'd be staying away from those Panthers wide receivers and the tight ends too. This is why I don't think they can win. It's just everybody. I can, I cannot say yes to. Um, as far as the defense goes for the Panthers, um, coverage units has has clamped down on quick passes where they have more interceptions seven. Then touchdowns allowed six to the tune of an 87.8 passer rating, six best. So there you go. Uh, but in this one, as I said, I think, um, you know, Tennessee on the road, Panthers at home. The unraveling of Kyle Allen is a real thing. I think the Titans defense is too good. They sneak out one on the road. Reload.
right, our next game is the Lions at the Raiders. And, you know, we talked about this earlier. Stafford, number 10 fantasy quarterback now at this point in the season. They really allow him to turn it loose. He leads all quarterbacks with a deep ball throw on 19.6% of his attempts. So he's looking downfield, which is why we like him a lot this week. Um, he enters this week ranked second in clean pocket passing grade uh, among the 31 NFL quarterbacks with at least 100 clean dropbacks to start the season. So if they can keep him clean, he's good. We know the Raiders don't really have a pass rush, so that all bodes really well. Trey Carson popped up on the injury report. Now they have him on the shelf. So this is all about uh, Ty Johnson, basically. But who knows what he's going to do with those runs. So I'm not saying, like, go get overly invested. But he's going to get a lion's share of the work there. Maybe some J.D. McKissick. But um, still very murky. Uh, nothing to really, like, you know, go drop your cards over. So across the last two weeks, though, with on Johnson Hurt, Lions receivers have put up 136.5 PPR points. So this is why I think they're just going to keep airing it out. They're just going to keep going to Stafford. They're going to keep going to Galladay. They're going to keep going to Amendola. I like this, and they're another stack of mine this week. Um, tight end, not so much um, defense. Eh. The Lions, they've actually allowed uh, at least 18 fantasy points to the quarterback position every week except week two. So, you know, on the other side of things, Carr looks like he's in a great spot as well. Lions entire coverage unit can be had 20 plus yards downfield. That's where they have allowed 44 targets. That's the third most and four touchdowns, seventh most. So again, cars should be looking downfield. Detroit's defense is, is giving up a league high 32.2 fantasy points per game to enemy running backs. So I'm looking uh, and I'm thinking like a balanced offense is what we're going to see from the Raiders. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, in terms of the run in the pass. So that's what I'm expecting. Tyrell Williams, 37% target rate beyond 20 yards. So he would be, again, the dude to pair with, um, you know, Derek Carr if you're so inclined. Um, and then as far as the defense goes, the Raiders have allowed more than 70 fantasy points to quarterbacks over the last two weeks. It's a 40.8 PPF grade, uh, pro football focus. Sorry, PFF grade um, is third worst in the league. So things boding very well for both offenses. But I think I'm going to take, I mean, I know the Raiders have been playing well. They're searching for the playoffs here, but I'm going to take the Lions. I know people think they're a pretender, but they find a way to win this one on the backs of Stafford. Reload. All right. Buccaneers at the Seahawks. Now, you know, Tampa Bay's offense has given up the third most fantasy points per game to opposing defenses. They also rank worst in turnovers per game and third worst in sacks allowed per game. So these are all things that you get when you play Jameis Winston. He still somehow like miraculously throws his numbers up, though. Like in last week is another great example of how he did this. Um, as far as that Tampa Bay defense goes, because there's not going to be a run. There's not going to be any... Um, you know, running going on. Uh, I don't think they don't really use the run too much, and Seattle sells out against it with that 6 1 front. Um, but as far as the defense goes, teams are throwing the ball against Tampa Bay on 65% of their offensive plays, which ranks fifth most. So that's why we also think that, you know, Jameis is in play because they're going to have to sling it. We know they do. He's going to, it's going to come with its turnovers and ugly moments, but he's still going to make value, is going to be the point. 
Um, as far as wide receivers go, you know, basically Mike Evans is better against man coverage. Chris Godwin is better against zone coverage. I like, um, and so you'll see we have recommended Godwin for cash games and then Evans for GPPs this week. Um, but that's kind of the way that I like to approach them. So, but they're both in play along those bases this week. Um, on the Seattle side of things, they rank fourth with 251 rushing attempts and just 18th with 250 pass attempts. So very balanced when you look at what they're doing. Um, and they. so what I'm saying is I don't think that they just go crazy passing it this week just because it's the Bucks and they have a sellout defense against the run. I think they still slam it into the line a few times because that's what Pete Carroll wants to do. But the problem with that is the O-line just lost his best run blocker. The center, Justin Britt, he's gone for the year. So... Now we're starting to get a little more interested, and this is why we have recommended Russ Wilson and um, Tyler Lockett this week um, in our stack section. So a little bit of added detail there to help make that a little bit less murky. Carson, though, we're low on. Very tough against the run. I mean, it's like, is he going to get the attempts? Yes. Are they going to have balanced offense? Yes. But is it going to amount to anything? Probably not. DK Metcalf, um, now since three last week is 12 end zone targets for the year in total so they just keep looking for him in those crucial moments he's going to continue to be a gpp piece for sure lockett has hit 75 yards or scored a touchdown in nine of his last 10 games so that's why we don't need any further convincing with regard to pairing him up with russ wilson um not looking at you know anything tight end wise from luke wilson who's a blocker um the seahawks defense definitely in play though Against the Buccaneers because of the turnover factor. Maybe even a pick six is involved. But at home, the Seahawks win this one. Reload. All right. Browns at the Broncos. And in this one, um, you know, the, uh, the, the hap- they're both hapless. Both these teams could sorely use a win. I feel like, you know, this it's getting towards, like, win or get out territory for both of these guys. So, very concerning. Um, we know they're going to run it with Chubb. Um, that's that's definitely going to happen. So, and I think he can have some pretty good success. Baker Mayfield, not looking at him too much. I think um, even though the Broncos have been you know dealing with injuries, they have a reduced pass rush. I still think they can make his life difficult. So I want no parts of him. Um, Chris Harris probably going to give that shadow coverage over to uh, OBJ. So I don't think that he'll be able to find Landry. That's the thing he hasn't been able to all year. Um, as far as the defense goes. They may be in play, though, because rookie Brandon Allen uh, is going on the other side. So, But the defense is also allowing 25.6 fantasy points per game to the running back position. So I think that, um, you know, there's some, like, as far as the pass rush goes, the Browns can be effective. But when it comes to running the football, they're going to be in trouble. There's going to be a lot of Freeman and Philip Lindsay, if I'm not mistaken. The Denver offensive line ranks fourth worst in sacks allowed per dropback. So, again, key to winning this game for them looks like running. You, you see that Brandon Allen's coming in, too. So, Freeman has now recorded 10-plus fantasy points in his last three games. That's why I think both backs are in play. He's averaged 14.33 total touches per game over those three games, too. So, healthy amount of work there, and I see all that continuing um, this week at home. Now... Um, wide receiver wise and tight end wise got to fade these guys because of the questionableness at quarterback um, 
since week one, opposing number one uh, wide receivers have averaged 46.1 yards and 8.9 PPR points against the Broncos. So it's going to be a tough day, like we said, for OBJ. Since week five, they've been absolute nails against the run, though, has the Broncos. They've kind of clamped down 1.8 rushing yards after contact per attempt and 0.8 rushing yards before contact. So those are very good numbers. Um, and the rate of 15 plus yards run fifth. Uh, I'm sorry, at, at a 6% rate of 15 plus yards run, which ranks uh, up at highly at fifth and only one touchdown second. So with this newfound confidence on defense, I mean, it's a tough game because they're at home and they got all this stuff going for them. Um, I mean, the Browns, uh, I'm going to give it to them. It's a close one, but man, they got to find a way to win that game if Freddie Kitchens is in trouble. Reload. All right, next one is the Packers at the Chargers. And for this game, um, you know, I think the Packers are going to have that balanced approach too. Um, I think Aaron Jones is definitely in play. And for uh, daily fantasy purposes, I feel like he, he he's a little expensive, but he could be in play for sure. Um, I don't think I'm recommending him this week, but I'm not faulting people who are. Um, Rodgers, again, not like... You know, I think the path to victory is on the ground, so I'm not so high on him, especially because of all the murkiness in his receiver core. Um, And then Jimmy Graham, if you're desperate, but I'm not really looking that way. Their defense, the Packers, that's the 27th graded run defense. So on the other side of things, I do like Melvin Gordon. I also like Eckler as a passer, too. Now, the the Chargers have fired Ken Wisenhunt as the offensive coordinator, so I'm looking for them to you know, spread things around a little bit more and try to take advantage of some of these weapons. I think everything is in play here. I think that, you know, this is going to be a tougher game for the Packers than most people think. Um, Keenan Allen likely going to avoid uh, Jair Alexander as he lines up in the slot or as the left wide receiver 75% of the time, while Alexander typically plays the other side, beatable if he does shadow too. So I feel like yeah, I like him a lot this week. I like this combo, and this is another one of my sneaky stacks, the Chargers. Um, Mike Williams now has a 49.9 passer rater when targeted this season, um, having yet to find the end zone. So I don't know what's going on there, but maybe, you know, this can be a gear right spot for him. But Keenan Allen for sure in play. Hunter Henry in play. The Packers do not play the tight end particularly well either. Um, so I would look at him as far as the defense goes. Look, Green Bay runs outside zone on 37% of the rushing attempts. So that's third most in the league. Um, an area where the Chargers, they, they've been hurt right there. They've been hammered at a clip of 5.2 yards per carry, fifth most, while allowing a league most four rushing touchdowns. So they're going to have to really button down. But this is why I like the Packers and Jones. Try to play the clock game. Try to run the football on the road and get out of there with the victory. On the other side, the Chargers fire it up. Keenan Allen, really like it. Hunter Henry, like it. Eckler, like it. Um, all that stuff. But I'm going to say that the Chargers, under uh, new offensive coordinator, find the way to win that one. Reload. All right, Sunday night game. We got the Patriots at the Ravens. And, you know, the thing about this game that's always interesting is we know the Ravens don't fear the Patriots. They don't, they're not afraid of them. They, you know, they're looking to knock their teeth down their throat. It's at home for Baltimore, so they got all this going for them. Sony Michelle, 22nd among running backs in PPR scoring. 
He's second in the league in goal line carries with 12 and third in the league in Renzo carries with 30. So, you know, I think in a game where, you know, New England may just want to try to run and make the Ravens because they haven't been sure tacklers this year. They have not been sure tacklers. I don't think you want to try to attack them through the air very much. That's where they're a little stronger in the secondary, especially with this addition of Marcus Peters. So, you know, whether it's successful or not, I just see them meeting out so many runs with Sony Michelle. Wide receiver side, I think Nikhil Harry's back this week. And you got your usual suspects. They're starting to get healthy. There's an array of options, but um, it's all about Edelman still and only Edelman. Um, no tight end really to, to point to either. For the defensive part for New England, they've allowed the fewest points to the tight end position this year. So on the other side of things, Mark Anderson or Andrews, excuse me, we have to rule him out. New England's man-heavy scheme has also, like most man-heavy schemes, um, struggled against mobile quarterbacks. So this is why this is going to be an interesting one uh, because of the Lamar Jackson situation. So, And we know that if there is a vulnerability, it's through the avenue of the run and not the pass. So, you know, they have Mark Ingram. So the Ravens are a formidable matchup here, and they're at home. So, again, this is looking tough. Um over the past three seasons, uh, New England has allowed six or more rushing attempts to an opposing quarterback five times. So Lamar Jackson, again, looking good. The quarterbacks in those games have averaged 27 fantasy points per game. In all other 41 games for New England, quarterbacks average just 15.1 fantasy points per game against New England. So, yeah, there's a lot of things to point to to say that this is a formidable, formidable opponent for New England. And that Jackson can get his, even if it's not just vertically straight through the air with the passing. Jackson's averaging 11.9 rushing um, attempts per game. So interesting stuff right there. Um, on the other side of things for the Ravens, look, their defense is blitzing of 49% of pass plays. That's most in the NFL. They're allowing 17th best yards per play and sacking quarterbacks at the 26th best rate on blitzes. So they're not being most effective, even though they're doing it. Brady, meanwhile, has destroyed the Blitz this year, throughout his career. This is the thing with him. 106.7 passer rating on his year on his career. 109 touchdowns to just 17 interceptions. Best in the NFL. So and while and he did all this while taking sacks at the second lowest rate since 2010. So I don't know if they're gonna be able to put pressure on him. They may try. I think that could all spell trouble for them too. Um, but the addition of Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith to their defense can slow the Patriots receiving core that isn't as talented at wide receiver and tight end as they have been in recent years. So, you know, um, it's going to be a close game. Um, this one comes down to Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and what they're able to do against the defense. But at home, we'll give it to them. Reload. And this is our final shot, guys. So we're going to make it good. It's the Monday night game, the Cowboys at the Giants. Cowboys coming in for this victory, man. They love playing the Giants. They love beating up on them. Ingram loves playing the Cowboys. I mean, it's a love, love, hate, hate sort of a deal. Um, but uh, Amari Cooper definitely in play this week. Ezekiel Elliott in play, of course. Dak, all the usual suspects because this defense for the Giants is just not overwhelming anybody. So we can say that, you know, all of it's up for grabs. The defense for the Cowboys have allowed the fifth most PPR points per game to opposing tight end this season. So uh, definitely on the other side of things, having Ingram in play. Um, only team in the league 
the Cowboys, the only team in the league to allow every opposing tight end unit to exceed its season average in scoring. Not even Arizona has done that. So, again, looking very, very good for Evan Ingram. Danny Dimes is averaging three sacks, an interception, and one fumble per game. So, he's going to find a way to cough it up to this Cowboy defense, in my estimation. Dallas surrenders just .9 passing scores per game. So, I really feel like it'll come down to their defense versus Danny Dimes. Um, as far as Saquon Barkley goes, we know what he is. He's going to get his for sure. Um, and then the Giants have a bunch of weapons in the receiving core too. Golden Tate could have a decent day. I'm, I'm you know, not sold. He's going to get bottled up. But I just don't think that um, Daniel Jones will have enough free time to get them anything meaningful. The only person I could see going off is Evan Ingram. And then the Giants defense, I'll stay away from them. So in that one, we're going to give it to the Cowboys. So those are our picks for the week. That's been the reload segment. You guys now know what I think in terms of game script for every game. And you have a good idea of uh, hopefully what you want to do with that. Time for the DFS DraftKings main slate picks for this week. We'll give you cash game picks. We'll give you GPP picks. And we'll give you high and we'll give you low picks. For quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defense. Let's go. All right, well, finally, let's get into our DFS picks for the week, baby. For the DK main slate for Sunday. Let's get into the gold, if you will. Let's try to keep it going um, with those cash game picks and those cash game recommendations. So, keeping it smooth, man, um, with quarterback. I got just a few recommendations for you. And there's a couple things I got to say. Dudes like Trubisky can be trusted. Tannehill, I think those turnovers and that regression is coming. So we can't pay that even though the price looks friendly. So I've really boiled it down to a few options for you. Russ Wilson, $7,100 GPP or cash. Uh, it's a price thing, uh, basically, which is why I may not do him in cash. But Matt Stafford, $6,800. You could play him in cash if you are willing to pay. Jameis Winston, again, $16,100 cash or GPP this week. Derek Carr, $5,500 cash or GPP. And then we'll take Phil Rivers at $5,100 in a GPP. Those are the only quarterbacks that we're going to recommend this week. Now, let's move down to the running backs. And we got a few recommendations here. Couple things though, uh, Williams on the Packers too expensive at fifty nine hundred. Royce Freeman also too expensive forty nine hundred. These guys need to be a little bit more cheaper based on production and value. So can't really invest there. Cook is too expensive if no Mahomes, like we talked about earlier. So at ninety five hundred dollars, we really got to fade that for sure. McCaffrey's always in play. Like, you don't need me to tell you. Even at 10K, he could pay that off. He's in play. He's in play for sure. Um, so, so Le'Veon Bell, $7,700 cash. Uh, Nick Chubb, $7,300 for GPPs if you want to take a run there. Austin Eckler, $6,000 cash for GPP. Derrick Henry, $5,700 cash. Philip Lindsay, $5,300 cash game play this week. And I really like the idea of stacking, you know, those people together and really just getting in that range of paying 50, 55, 57, 53, 
for the running back and getting the bell cow. So that's good stuff there. Jordan Howard, I like him as a GPP flyer. $5,100 in the revenge game. I want to take it. Melvin Gordon, $5,000 in the GPP format. I'm interested right there. And then on the low end, I like Devin Singletary, $4,700 in GPPs. And then Jalen Samuels, uh, $4,000 uh, in GPPs. If we know Connor is going to be out for sure, we can definitely go there for volume. Um, for the wide receivers, a couple of options for you here. Galladay, $7,700 for GPP purposes this week. Tyler Lockett, $7,500 for cash game if you want. Mike Evans would be $7,200. That's GPP play this week. And like we mentioned earlier, Chris Godwin was $7,300. He'll be the cash game this week. Allen Robinson, talked about him a lot, $6,800, cash game play. Keenan Allen, $6,400 can be your GPP play this week. Um... I'm, I was on the fence about cash. I even like t like wrote it, crossed it out, been back on the fence. I don't know. Let's just stick to GPP. John Brown, $6,100 is a GPP play this week. He's in play. Tyrell Williams, yes, like him. Like him in the stack with his quarterback. $5,900, good GPP play this week. You could even play him in cash if you like. DK Metcalf, $5,700. We like him for GPPs this week. Um... Alshon Jeffrey in that revenge game in GPP formats, I like that. $5,000 for cash games or GPP, Danny Amendola, $4,700 is the right price. He's been involved. He's coming on. We'll take that. And then also down there, Cole Beasley, $4,100 for cash. He's been involved. So that's just too soft of a price against a weak opponent. They can't run each and every play. So I really like that for Cole Beasley. Hunter Renfro, $4,100. Love it for GPPs. He could definitely catch another touchdown. And then um, you could take a flyer if you want to for GPPs at 3000 on Zay Jones. If you really need to, you could do that. And then um, for tight ends, uh, Darren Waller, $6,300 GPP only because of the price. It's not because I don't believe he will get it done. It's just too expensive. Hunter Henry, 6000 for GPP purposes. And then Zach Ertz, $4,700 for GPPs. Eric Ebron's in play, $3,600 for GPPs. And then I also recommend Jack Doyle, $3,000 for cash games or GPPs. But, I mean, I'm backing off the Steelers a little bit. Let's just say you could play Jack Doyle, but we'll fade Ebron. Um, Greg Olson, $3,500 cash game play. Like that this week. Dallas Goddard, as long as Deshaun Jackson's been out, he's been the recipient of these extra targets. So at $3,100, we like him for GPP purposes this week. And then Cameron Brait, uh, because O.J. Howard is out as well. So $3,100 GPP or cash at that price. We could take that. And then um, finally, let's get to our defense for this week. Sorry. My little notebook is where I scribble everything like a Mad Hatter. It's all stuck together there. Defense and stacks. That's right. Okay, so for defense, got four suggestions for you this week. The Bills, $3,800 in cash games. The Jets, $3,500 in cash games. The Panthers, $2,800 GPP or cash. We really like that. And then the Steelers, $2,400 as a GPP play. Those are the defenses I like. Now these stacks. This is probably the most elaborate collection of stacks that I've had this year. 
Um, but it's with good reason. And it's because we got variations of the same team. So um, Oakland, QB plus wide receiver one plus tight end. We like that stack. Seattle, QB plus wide receiver one plus wide receiver two. We like that stack with Metcalf. Um, Detroit, QB plus wide receiver one, wide receiver three with Amendola. So we're skipping over Marvin Jones. Um, I will also say for the Chargers, um, there's a, there's three stacks that I like that you could pick from. And they're all kind of unusual. These aren't the usual mathematical stacks that I kind of went through in our primer before. But I like these this week. For the Chargers, um, I'm going to say, and I'm going to do them in... Um, Good, better, best format. Okay, so QB plus wide receiver one plus tight end one. That's good. So Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry stacked with um, uh, stacked with Phil Rivers. Okay, so that's good. Now better QB plus wide receiver one plus running back two. So Keenan Allen and Eckler stacked with uh, Phil Rivers, and then best would be QB plus tight end one plus RB two. So. Phil Rivers plus Hunter Henry plus Eckler. All right. So that's how I like those. Um, and then for Tampa Bay, same thing. Let's do good, better, best. QB plus wide receiver one plus wide receiver two. Better would be QB plus wide receiver one plus tight end one. And then best would be QB plus wide receiver two plus tight end one. All right. And then my sneaky stack, like I mentioned earlier, is going to be Minnesota. QB plus wide receiver two i like that you could do qb plus wide receiver one wide receiver two if you want um but that's where i'm thinking that it's going to be sneaky this week and definitely Thielen. um i just feel like it's not the same game script as what they people have been using to beat mahomes because mahomes not playing so we can do something else and i think something else is going to happen so those are my DFS picks for the week. So hopefully I have luck with them and hopefully you guys have luck too. But you know you can hit me on Twitter if you have any last minute uh, questions or anything like that. And there we have it. The end of another great episode. That's been our week nine look. Check everything out on the website, check it out online or wherever you listen to your podcast, however you need to, but it's out there for you now so that you guys can make sure you're ready to roll. Get in contact with me if you need to. But other than that, guys, you know what the mentality is. You know what the Tiger Bomb Nation is. We are all, think about us all theoretically, close your eyes, think about us all theoretically on the top of a mountain, a bunch of ninjas on the top of a mountain. Yeah, and everybody else in your league those are those those are a bunch of fools who are trying to climb up to the mountaintop. So we're doing the back to back, kicking them back down the mountain thing, man. That's what we're doing each and every week. So hopefully you got everything you need this week to kick the competition back down and then we'll meet here and regroup next week. But remember, this is always your home for football and fantasy football where we learn scout, win and repeat. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.